Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hello and welcome to Breaking Down Bad Books, a podcast analysing trashy bestsellers from a literary perspective. And today we're looking at the movie This Day. We're doing something different for a little bonus episode. This is the first time I'm looking at a movie without having read the book. It's This Day, the 365 Days sequel. And let me tell you, I had no fucking clue what the hell was going on throughout this whole movie. And I'm thinking, if I had read the book, would it have made more sense? But then I'm like, of course it wouldn't have. The first book didn't make sense. 365 Days was just shit on a page. And so I imagine the sequel is just as bad, but I couldn't wait. I was going to read this day, the sequel to 365 Days First, and then watch the movie. But it came out the other week on Netflix and I said, I got to watch this. I got to get me a piece of that Massimo on my screen. So this movie, what a fever dream it was. I forgot how raunchy the sex scenes were. Like it's R rated and you see why. And the soundtrack, someone ordered that soundtrack off of Wish. Every song that came on, I was like, oh, this is a ripoff of Ed Sheeran. It's a ripoff of Rihanna. It's a ripoff of The Weeknd. It was just like music that you'd expect, but done poorly. What you ordered versus what you arrived. And why was it called This Day? I have no fucking clue because it it took place over multiple days. Whereas the film 365 Days took place over, I don't know, 40. So the titles in this series, they mean nothing. They mean absolutely nothing. And the other thing that was confusing me, right? Like where we left off, Laura, 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 she was in a tunnel and then she did not come out of the tunnel. And we were led to believe, oh, well, it was insinuated that there was like a mafia attack on her. There was a crash. She was dead. And then we start this movie and she's just getting married. She's in a wedding dress. She's alive. And, and then I was like, okay, are we going to flash back to the tunnel? And no, no, we're not. And then like half an hour later throughout the movie, I was like, okay, are we going to refer to the tunnel? And then she will refer to the tunnel, but then we don't see anything about the tunnel and there's no other context or information given to us about the tunnel. And then by the end of the movie, I was like, I'm starting to think they're not going to tell us what happened in the tunnel. And yeah, we just start this movie and Laura's just like looking out at the horizon in a bridal gown. It's her wedding day. I guess that's what the, this day is. And I'm thinking, surely she was kidnapped last movie. I... What happened in the tunnel? But then Massimo comes up and then they're like violently rooting on the table before getting married. They're all dressed up. She's in her dress. He's dressed up. And now they're just like getting disheveled because they're rooting on a table, like full on rooting. Like, okay, if you're going to have sneaky sex before your wedding day, like on your wedding day, you'd maybe just like, I don't know, unzip and pull it out and like a quick rub and tug, but he's like choking her out. He's choking her on her wedding day. She's going to rock up to the altar with bruises. She's going to look disheveled and strangled. And then Olga, 
the best friend, Olga, who we love. We love Olga. She interrupts them and she's like, oh, you dirty dogs. What are you doing? It's your wedding day. What are you doing, you dirty dogs? And Lara's just like on the table, like, yep, just got rooted on my wedding day. What of it? But when Olga walks in, they like, don't even stop. They don't even stop. They're like, oh, it's just Olga. Olga's seen it all before. And I was like, what? Get off of her. And then she's, yeah, just lounging on that table, freshly banged, ready to go and get married. But first she's having a cigarette with Olga and they actually do bring up the tunnel. We're acknowledging the tunnel, but we're not really ever getting any information about the tunnel or a flashback to the tunnel. My kingdom for a little bit of context about the tunnel. So Laura doesn't really tell us what happened in the tunnel. She just says that Massimo can never know that she was pregnant, meaning that she lost the baby in the tunnel. How? Not sure. And then she says to Olga, help me get ready. And I'm like, bitch, you were ready. And then you just got banged on the table. So then they get married in a church. There's a long ass train. It's actually really quite beautiful. I was looking at it and I was like, okay, this is a beautiful love story. And then I was like, oh, wait a minute. No, he kidnapped her because he had a vision of her in his coma. And he said, I'll give you 365 days locked up as a prisoner in my mansion until you fall in love with me. And if you don't fall in love with me, I'll let you be free. (laughs) So when you remember that, yeah, it's not so much of a love story after all, is it? And so the, the gay brother, Domenico, like he was the not gay brother. Laura thought he was gay, remember? And then he ended up not being gay. Anyway, he's making eyes with Olga. And so they're starting up a thing. The young Italian, Domenico, remember him? So then they get married. We get a Michael Bublé from Wish song. It's a total knockoff Michael Bublé. Michael Boobies, probably, according to this film. And then they're on their honeymoon. And it's a lot of cars driving around cliffside roads. I think they're using the same piece of road, the same stretch of road for every bloody aerial shot. Unless Sicily just looks the same everywhere. It's just always a car going down a road that's hugging a cliff. So on their wedding night, they're going to bang again. Get used to a lot of banging in this film, I'll just say. And so she's tying him up with like the thinnest little strip of lace. And they do this role play where he's like, just glued down into that chair because of this thin little strip of lace. And I'm like, you can break out of that Massimo. No one here is believing that you're getting held down by this little thin strip of lace. And then she pulls out a little vibrator from like, not even a bedside table from one of the credenzas. And on top of the credenza is like a gorilla statue, which... I don't know what the decor's doing here, but that's, that's wild to me. Like, oh, where, where do you hide the vibrator? Underneath the statue of the gorilla. What the fuck? And so then she, um, well, she, she takes off her pants and she starts going to town on herself, making Massimo watch. And again, he can't come up because of the thin strip of lace that's pinning him down. And I tell you what, it seemed inappropriate for me to be watching this. It seemed inappropriate because we're, we're really seeing everything. And then finally, Massimo's like, oh, wait, I can break out of this lace prison. And he pins her down and they presumably go to town. It does go blurry, thank God. And then we see this other random chick in a tub and I'm like, who the fuck's that? And then some creeper guy's like walking up behind her undressing. And I'm like, who are these people? But it's Olga and Domenico. I don't know why I forgot that they existed so quickly. But it was such a harsh jump cut. I was like, is this a flashback? Is, is this the tunnel? No, it's, it's Domenico hot with a rose in his mouth. And she's in a bubble bath, gonna suck his dick. So that's, that's beautiful. And then we must flash forward or it's just the longest honeymoon ever because 
Laura's waking Massimo up one random morning and she's like, look at me, I've, I've dyed my hair black. Not sure why she needed to dye her hair. I personally liked her as a blonde, but now, okay, now she's dyed her hair. And Massimo didn't seem to care. He was just lying in bed and she's like, do you like my hair? And he's like, yeah, it's fine. <laughs> he's like, yeah, sure, whatever. So yeah, honeymoon is well and truly over. Well, no, it's not over because then they go and play golf. And Lara has to be all sexy. So she goes up to the, to the hole. What's the hole called? The putt? No, it's not a putt. The hole, the pit? No, what? Par? No, it's not par. I'll tell you what, I've never played golf. The, um, the hole. She goes up to the hole. Let's just call it that. I think that's it. And then she does number 17, the spread eagle on the golf course. Just with the legs spread wide, Sharon stoning it. And he's got to make the putt by putting the ball into the hole. Uh, the, the hole in the ground, not the hole in Laura. Um, but then he shoots it at her and she's like, ah, ah, even though the ball did go in the hole, not into her, but she's, she's acting like it's innuendo. And then there's just a montage of them in exotic locations making out. Like they're horse riding down the beach, they're in a hot tub. And then she's getting her tartars out at a different beach. Hopefully it's a nude beach, otherwise that is inappropriate to all the other patrons of the beach. And then it looks like they're in the bloody desert. I do not know where they are. Are they in Sicily? They seem to be across multiple continents all at once. And then Olga, she's drizzling whipped cream all over Domenico, as well as like honey and syrup and berries and like sprinkles. It's too much. If you're going to do food play, just stick to the standard can of whipped cream. She's got a whole banoffee pie on his chest. It's inappropriate. And then Massimo and Laura come home and they're like, oh, wow. Uh... That's a rude shock for us to be welcomed home to. So yeah, now apparently Domenico and Olga are a thing. We're just, we're just gonna have to roll with the fact that they're a thing now. And Olga's like, oh, I need a vacation. And I'm like, are you not on a vacation, Olga? You, you live in Poland, but you've just been in Sicily for months. You're on vacay currently. You're, you're putting whipped cream all over a little mafia man. What more do you want from a holiday? So then Laura and Olga go for lunch to catch up. And then Olga's like, Laura, I've got a great big idea for you. And then we cut to, and we're like, oh my God, what's the idea? What's the idea? And it's just to like, have Laura dress up in lingerie to excite Massimo. And I'm like, okay, I think we're beyond that as being a spicy idea for Laura and Massimo. She just got a hoo-ha out at the golf course. I don't think lingerie is going to bring the spice back. But I was wrong, they, it does bring the spice back because then they're rooting on another table. And he, oh boy, he's, um, he's uh, yeah, doing a lot of stuff. Oh boy, a lot of stuff, a lot of stuff. I just don't know why we like fade to black for some sex scenes and then the other ones we just, we just see everything, everything. And I mean everything. And it goes on forever and ever and ever and ever. More positions than a yoga class. Ugh. So the lingerie did the trick. Good job, Olga. Great idea, Olga. And meanwhile, Domenico's banging her this whole time with his pants and his shoes on. Like, are you not just gonna take a second and be like, oh yeah, this is really hot in the moment, but I'm just gonna take my pants and my shoes off. He has a nice butt though. There I said it. So that goes on for literally six or seven minutes. And then it's the next morning and Lara wakes up and I guess she's still horny. And cause she's trying to kiss him. And I'm like, do you not have morning breath? Oh, she's not even doing the thing like Kristen Wiig does in Bridesmaids, you know, where she wakes up early, goes to the bathroom, freshens up, puts some makeup on, uses some mouthwash, then sneaks back into bed being like, oh my God, I was asleep the whole time. 
they're just full on making out. And I'm like, your, your mouths probably stink. You've probably got dry mouth because I know Massimo, you were, you were putting a lot of things in your mouth last night. So I, I wouldn't want to be smelling and kissing that. Nuh-uh. Anyway, so then Massimo's phone rings and he's like, oh, well, I'm a working mafia man. I better go get that. It's not easy running a whole family full of mobsters. And Laura's pissed. She's like, wow, you're really going to get your phone. You're really going to go and do your mafia job. And he's like, yeah, I got to get up. I got to go to work. I got shit to do. And she's like, what? You're not just going to sit here in bed banging me all day. And I'm like, you're not on honeymoon anymore. It's your real life. Yeah. He's going to have to work, Laura. I'm sorry. He can't just eat you out all day. And then Laura's walking in on Domenico and Olga. They're rooting like rabbits. I swear he had a girlfriend in the book. And then Olga and Laura, they're like escaping the mansion because she's so cooped up, even though she was just on a bloody long honeymoon across the continents. So they're like, ah, let's run. We got to escape the grounds. And they run past this like drone, this rolling drone on the grass, which I think might be mowing the lawn. It looks like a giant remote car that someone was controlling. I don't know what that was. What is this innovation? They've got a little Roomba on the lawn. And then they just like go in a car and they go for a joyride. And I do not believe that this would ever happen. Like a whole major plot point of the first movie was that she'd have a security detail following her. Particularly if something did happen in the tunnel, why is she able to just go out and steal a car and go for a joyride? Has no one got eyes on Laura and Olga? And yep, they're just driving down that same cliff, (laughs) that same cliffside drive. (sighs) Meanwhile, yeah, the Taylor Swift Wildest Dreams from Wish is playing in the background. Then Laura and Olga are just walking along the beach. They're joking about how they were addicted to cocaine from the age of six or something like that. And they're like, ha 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 ha, I love the powder. And they're just reaffirming their friendship in front of a volcano. Not sure the point of that. You know what? I'm not sure the point of a lot of these scenes. The the movie's pretty thin on plot. And then we get like another three second scene transition with another song from Wish. Like, what is this soundtrack? So they're at lunch and then Massimo and Domenico catch them. And she's pissed at him. Like, I get that she feels controlled, etc., etc. But also, like, didn't you get kidnapped? Didn't something terrible happen in the tunnel? So it's like his, his fears and his anxieties are justified because he is a criminal. A criminal mafia mobster bloody crime lord. Maybe you do need security. Ah, oh, calm down, Laura. So then they leave. And Domenico goes to wag his finger at Olga and she just hooks her shoes onto his finger. Hilarious. Gotta love Olga. She's the star. She's a star. So then Laura says to Domenico, this is controlling behavior. This is like a prison. And I'm like, yeah, okay. Very valid points. And then she says, yes, you kidnapped me, but I fell in love with you. And he's like, yeah, you did baby girl. Good point, baby girl. And I I don't really know where we're going with this. So then Laura's left alone on the grounds and we get like a Chippendales montage, like a close up magic mic montage of this lawnmower man. And we are getting extreme close ups of every follicle on that man's face, his jawline, his triceps, just in, in the haziest little focus, it's like Vaseline's on the lens. We're really trying to build this man up as a sex icon. And then we get the full body shot. And I'm like, okay, that, that is an attractive man. All right. It's an attractive man. And he says, I'm the new gardener. And I'm like, okay, sure. And he says, his name is Nacho. And he says, it's my nickname because I have Spanish roots. And I was confused by that because I think nachos are from Mexico, not from Spain. Like, okay. 
And, and it seems a bit on the nose to name a character Nacho. But then he's like, yeah, I'm the new groundskeeper. I'm a hunk. My name's Nacho. And I'm like, no way did Massimo hire this hunk. I'm sorry. The most controlling man in Italy, he did not hire hunky Nacho to mow his lawns, especially when we know they have a Roomba that comes and mows the lawns. So I'm not buying that he's the groundskeeper. And I was right. Stick a pin in that, but I was right. So they're flirting and I'm thinking, rot roll. But then we cut to and it's Christmas and it's another montage with another shitty song. Another royalty-free placeholder song that they forgot to swap out with a current pop music track. And Lara and Mossimo are just wearing all black for Christmas, which doesn't seem that festive. Like, fuck me, would it kill you to wear a pop of colour? A Santa hat, a bonbon hat. You know, one of those little hats that comes out of a bonbon? Like, come on. And Massimo gives her a clothing company, which was odd to me because she used to be in hotels, right? She used to work in hotels and apparently she's always wanted to be a fashion clothing company owner. I don't know. And then she's licking his ear to say thank you. And she's like, I've got a present for you too. And I'm like, I know it's just going to be your vagina. You can't give sex as a present. I'm sorry. Someone's giving you a clothing company. You've got to at least give them a watch, a a tie, a pair of cufflinks. It's not that hard. So then uh, Domenico proposes to Olga, even though he's known her for all of five days. But you know what? I'm rooting for him. (laughs) I'm rooting for him. I am. (laughs) I don't know what it was that tipped me over the edge in support of them. Maybe it was the banana cream pie on his chest. I don't know. So Massimo's whinging that Santa forgot him. And she's like, I haven't forgotten you. I've got a present and it's between my legs. So he goes to wait upstairs, just lying naked on a balcony. Just, it's a sexy man. And, um, okay. Then she, I don't know, texts him or something being like, come get your present. Oh, big surprise. It's her in lingerie. Big freaking surprise. Oh no, wait, she texted him like a floor plan. It was meant to be like a scavenger hunt. I think being like, I'm here, I'm in this room, come find me. And she's just in their regular sex dungeon. (laughs) Like, oh, big surprise. Oh, wow, shocked. You're in the sex dungeon. I would have never have found you if you hadn't have texted me that floor plan. Where else were you gonna be, Laura? And then she's like, this is your present, Don Massimo. And I was like, okay, yeah, I knew it. I knew you would just cop out, but no, it's, She's wearing cuffs that say fuck me on them. And okay, happy birthday, Jesus. Like, what a great Christmas present. Fuck me cuffs. Fuck me. And I'm wondering like how her heart condition is going. Doesn't she have a deadly heart condition? Doesn't seem that way. Doesn't seem that way because she's really doing a lot of vigorous activity. Let's just say that. And what floors me is that they're having this violent sex after Christmas dinner. No way would you catch me having sex after a Christmas dinner. <laughs> no way. Nuh-uh. All that food, all those desserts. I'm comatose after 8 p.m. at Christmas. <laughs> I'm not rooting around. I don't know how they have it in them. I do, I do not know. But it's a lot. It's a lot. Okay, and then they're cuddling. Afterwards, they just cuddle, which is cute. And then Massimo says something about having a brother. And she's like, what? Why didn't you tell me this before? And I'm like, what? Isn't Domenico is his brother? Am I taking crazy pills? He's like, surprise, I have a brother. And I'm like, yeah, I know. And then she's like, how could you keep this from me? And I'm like, what? It's Domenico. He's right there. You just had dinner with him. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. 
And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. But then later on in the movie, it is revealed that he has a, a twin brother that he had not told her about. So, okay, he's got a twin brother. This is just such a like transparent soap opera, but okay. Yeah, he's got an evil twin brother. And then Laura and Olga go to some place with like a bunch of C-3PO gold statues just scattered around it. How freaking weird was that place? And apparently it's a, a shop. It's a retail store with, with no clothes racks, I guess. Nothing on display. Uh, just C-3PO statues. What a weird place. What a weird movie. And the assistant's wearing a tutu. She's wearing a tutu. Just a black tutu. What am I watching? And so then they try on clothes in a movie montage. Okay, sure. And then they're at some sort of gala. And I think it's at their house. I'm not really quite sure where it is, but it's some sort of gala. Her parents are still in town and Laura is being the moodiest little bitch. She is being so freaking moody just because she didn't know about his secret evil twin. And also because he has to work and can't just be banging her 24 seven. And then I'm checking the watch and it's been 50 minutes without any plot. How they managed to make a film go for 50 minutes long so far without any plot is actually quite commendable. I think we've got a Guinness World Record on our hands here. Longest stretch of film without a plot. (laughs) So then Laura looks up and Massimo's on the balcony talking to another woman. And Laura's like, hell no. And then she's walking up there trying to find him. And like the soundtrack goes all horror. It's like, and they're just trying to like ramp up the tension, but like, okay, it's, it's not that dramatic. Like I felt like I was watching hereditary or something. Anyway, she finds him and he's doing Massimo's doing this other girl doggy. And I think it is Massimo's ex that we met at the film festival last year. So she's a bit jealous, obviously. So she walks in on them rooting. And like the ex just like makes full on eye contact, but Massimo doesn't notice at all. He's just oblivious. He's just heads down, bums up, rooting her. And she's, she's she's walked into the room and he's oblivious. That's when I was like, okay, something's up, something's up. And then she's storming out and guess who's there inexplicably? Nacho. Nacho, the groundskeeper's there inexplicably. And he's like, oh, Laura, you're escaping the mansion. Let me take you. I don't even know if it's her mansion, to be quite frank. I don't know what that gala was. They never told us. And so she's just run off with the groundskeeper who was there in the middle of the night. Why were you on the grounds at nighttime, groundskeeper Nacho? That doesn't make any sense. And then, okay, so they drive off at night and he's pulling over on the side of a cliff, that same road on the side of the cliff. And it's, it's daylight or at least early morning light. The sun is out. Like Nacho's wearing sunglasses. So I don't know how long they've been driving for. And all she has on her is her phone. And she's like, oh, I better get rid of the phone. So she, <laughs> she throws her phone off the cliff. And then like a second later, you hear the most comical splash. Like there's no way the phone would have fallen that quickly and have reached the distance to the ocean. The ocean's not that close. She's in front of a lot of shrub. She's in front of a lot of shrubbery and cliff and she throws the phone and then it's like splash. And like, okay, I get it. You don't want to be tracked. How is Nacho not able to be tracked if he really is a groundskeeper? I'm sure he's on 
the roster of staff and his car can get tracked easily. I don't know, this movie, ridiculous. And now she's like shacked up with Lawnmower Man. And for a groundskeeper, Nacho has quite a nice house, like really nice digs. And she's not suspicious at all. He's laying out like a banquet in front of an infinity pool that looks out on the ocean. And she's like, pretty nice for a groundskeeper salary. And then she drops a glass, comically so. She drops a glass on the tile around the pool. And she's like, ah. And so then he has to like scoop her up. He walks up to her and scoops her up because she cannot walk on the shattered glass. And I'm like, you're you're by the edge of the pool. Just step backwards. You'll be in the pool. There's not glass everywhere. There was like three shards of glass on the ground, but he's got to scoop her up like he's a fireman. Uh, So then we cut to Massimo and Laura's mum comes up to him and slaps him in the face being like, what did you do to her? What'd you do to my daughter? And he's like, not really responding. I think, you know, he's probably quite pissed, but he's like, that's my wife's mum. I'm not going to get into it. I want to put a hit out on her right now, but I'm not going to. He's just trying to restrain the anger. And she's laying into him. She's like, I never trusted you. My daughter's a freaking idiot forever getting with you, but you're an asshole. You're a bloody asshole. We're going back to Poland. And he's like, yeah, okay, (laughs) go. He's like, Laura's left. Do I really want the in-laws to stay in my house? Like you're the in-laws, go back to Poland. And then she walks off and she turns around and she says, don't try to stop me. And she's already made it like 13 meters. <laughs> like you're halfway at the house. And she's like, oh, don't try to stop me. I mean it. And Massimo has not moved a muscle. Like he's not trying to stop you, doll. And she's like, I made it. We're leaving. And he's like, go. So Massimo's angry. He's like, fine, Laura, fine, Laura. We cut to Laura's just having the time of her life. Groundskeeper Willie, he's in like this wet suit that's clinging tight to his chesticles. Looks quite nice. She's making friends with his sister who is pregnant and quite a lovely gal, I must say. She's having a good life, this Lara. But then Nacho kisses his sister's baby bump and there's like, there was sexual tension there. And I'm like, okay, are they fucking? Are they actually brother and sister? Or is this an incestuous thing? Like, is this Game of Thrones? Like, what's going on here, Nacho? Like, I don't know. I I guess you can kiss a baby bump, but the way he did it, Or maybe sexy people shouldn't kiss baby bumps. I don't know, because he's too sexy to be kissing his sister like that. But then Nacho, like, does splash her a little. He, like, shakes his head. So some water splashes onto the sister. And she goes, Nacho, I did my hair and makeup. Come on. And I'm like, bitch, you're at the beach. You're going to get a little bit of water on you. Like, what? Don't be that worried about your hair and your makeup when you're at the beach. And then we cut to Massimo's at dinner with his ex and she's running her foot up his leg. And I'm thinking, what's going on here? Something sus is going on here. And then we cut back to Nacho and Laura. They're bonding. They're sitting by the pool by candlelight and he's laying it on thick. He's got dreamy eyes on her and she falls asleep and he does that thing where he puts the blanket over her, but the blanket was already on her. So he just lifts it up three centimeters up her body being like, oh, look at me, I'm being caring. And I'm like, she was already under a blanket, Nacho. And like, you're asleep, go to bed. Why are you in a lounge chair by the pool? They're always by the pool. I'm thinking they like, didn't want to build a set for the interior of the house. So they just put them by the pool the whole time. And then we get the reveal that who we thought we were (laughs) watching was not Massimo. It was Massimo's evil twin brother. What a twist, what a twist. Did you all see that coming? Shocked me, 
Shocked me. Massimo, that actor has great range. Great range. He's, d- he's done the parent trap. He's played twins. Lindsay Lohan, move over. And then finally, we get some progress with Nacho and Laura and they're full on making out. We see Nacho's whole tongue go into Laura's mouth. And I'm thinking, Laura, you were going to be so sheepish when you find out that that Massimo never cheated on you and it was his twin brother that you saw. Like, she is going to be like, oh, whoopsie, my bad. So they have sex. Oh, and then the weirdest thing happens. She's like asleep at night, also having a sex dream, like maybe dreaming about the sex that they just had, unclear. And then someone tries to break into her room. And she's like, well, waking up, what's going on? But then Nacho, he comes and like fights the person who was breaking into her room and she's like trying to run away. And it appears that maybe Nacho killed the intruder perhaps. And then she just goes back to bed, no questions asked. And I'm like, okay, are you now starting to suspect that maybe he's not a lawnmower? Like maybe he doesn't just trim hedges and plant trees. Perhaps he might be a rival mafia gang. Have you ever thought about that, Laura? No questions asked about who was that man that broke in. And she's on the beach and she's pondering it. She's looking at the ocean and then maybe she's finally thinking, that was weird last night when I almost got killed. When, you know, someone tried to break into my room in the middle of the night and I got attacked and then he fought them off. That was odd. So then she does bring it up and he's just like, oh, that, that was just an intruder. Yeah, I called the police. And she goes, oh, okay. <laughs> Never thinks of it again. And she's standing on a balcony with a million wind chimes. Oh God, this, this movie. And why is she not thinking like, oh, Nacho, you're on a long extended period of leave from your employer. Are you not going to go back up to the mansion and mow the lawns? Or you just, you're just on holidays. You're just catering to my every whim, serving me up a breakfast omelette every morning and paella every night. What does she, does she ever think outside of her own lived experience? How is he affording this beach house, Laura? And finally she says, wait a minute. If you're an ordinary gardener, how do you have all this, this cliffside mansion? That seems a bit suspicious. And Nacho's just like, oh, my dad's rich. Meanwhile, he's wearing gray sweatpants. And I think that's distracted Laura from asking too many questions because you know, a man in gray sweatpants, they have a magical power over people. You stare at that sweatpant and you're like, what, what, what happened? What's going on? I'd lost track of sense and time right there. So Nacho's bamboozling her with his gray sweats and then they go off and they're jet skiing. They're jet skiing and she does not seem distraught about her failed marriage at all, nor whatever happened in the tunnel. Still don't know what happened in the tunnel. And she's just having a full on like lovely day with Nacho. And I'm like, he is Nacho husband. Like they're just walking along the beach. She's wearing white singlets with the nipples peeking out. How is Massimo not like, hey, my lawn's getting a bit unruly. He's not following up on the groundskeeper. Okay, I guess it's revealed later on. Let's just say it. Nacho is a part of a rival mafia family. I I know you're shocked. And I'm starting to suspect that he was never Massimo's groundskeeper. He just broke onto the compound and said that to Lara somehow. Somehow he made it onto the compound and he wooed Don Massimo's wife and he was never really the groundskeeper. That makes more sense. Let's just roll with that fantasy. We know it, we suspect it, but Lara, she's not there yet. But still, you'd think she'd circle back to that intruder business, but no, but no. So Lara and Nacho just continue to root and swim and jet ski. And at one point she's asleep. And then Nacho just like is under the blanket, eating her out, going to town, um, just get really, really going for it. 
And I'm like, wow, what a way to wake up. Sweet Jesus. And then she wakes up and it was a dream. It wasn't real. But she like lifts the blanket up to see if he's down there. And it's like, of course he's not down there. Wouldn't you feel if he was down there? Why do you have to lift up the blanket to check with your own eyes that he's not currently putting his tongue up your vagina? Like, do you really need a visual on that for confirmation? I think you'd know if he was munching your box. But he was watching her sleep and he's like, good morning. I'm not actually eating eating you out right now. And she's like, oh, okay. And then they go to have breakfast. Oh, so many scenes of him delivering her breakfast. And it's a giant plate of spaghetti and white wine. <laughs> like a giant, a giant plate of spaghetti and white wine and juice. Like I know we're in Italy, but I think you're pushing it. <laughs> spaghetti for breakfast? And I think this is when, after presumably weeks, she's like, maybe he's not just a groundskeeper. And I'm like, oh, for fuck's sake, Laura. Laura, for fuck's sake. And so then Nacho admits that he is the son of a rival mafia boss. (laughs) Shocker. And Laura, she's upset. She says, fool me once, shame on you. Fool me twice, shame on me. She's like, I'm not going to fall for a kidnapping, manipulative, secretive, controlling, possessive, mafia crime boss putting my life in danger twice. I'll do it once, but I won't do it twice. So then apparently something must be going down between the two rival mafia families because Nacho in a suit and a turtleneck, now that he's revealed himself as being upper class, he's no longer in the singlet. He's now wearing a suit. (laughs) Um, He's going to go meet with Massimo. What a ruse. What a ruse that he was ever not a mafia king, but just a a lowly groundskeeper. We fell for it, didn't we? Didn't we? Wink. So Massimo and the other family, they meet. (laughs) And there's some sort of tensions. I don't understand it. I don't understand what's going on. But at one point, Massimo's like super pissed that they've kidnapped Laura. And he's like, what? How could you kidnap someone? That's crazy. You can't kidnap people. Why would you kidnap Laura? And then he's like, oh, wait, I did that. (laughs) And I was confused because they're just like speaking English. And I was like, aren't you guys all Italian? Should you not all be speaking the same language? But then Nacho was having a side conversation with Mafia Dad in a different language that Massimo presumably apparently did not understand. So maybe they are from somewhere else. I don't know. This movie's a mess. And then they're like, let's team up to save Laura. And now is Laura at risk? <laughs> when, when, when did Laura get put at risk? Why are we having a team up? I don't know the threat. Who are they saving her from? From whom? And so then Laura's just standing in like an abandoned municipal hall or something. And there's Massimo, but it's not Massimo, it's evil twin Massimo. <gasps> evil twin Massimo. Is, was he behind the tunnel attack? Was he behind the tunnel? We'll never know. And why is she lo- like, oh, Massimo, you removed some tattoos since I last saw you and got married to you. <laughs> she doesn't recognize him, even though he has a completely different accent. And he calls her baby girl instead of baby girl, which should have been the tip off. But then Massimo's ex comes out with a gun and she was the mastermind behind everything all this time, all this time. And so then Nacho and Massimo, (laughs) they've teamed up and they're walking into the abandoned municipal building with their guns drawn, just like a duo, a crime fighting duo trying to fight Massimo's evil twin, who's now got Laura in a headlock with a gun pointed at her while the ex has got her gun pointed at the other two. It's a right old standoff. But then... Massimo's twin brother starts taunting Massimo and he brings up the, the lost child in the tunnel. And I'm like, how do you know? Were you there? 
I, I think he might have been. A flashback would have been nice. At this point in time, at least. A flashy to the tunnel. That's all I'm asking. So there's a bit of a scuffle. The ex shoots Laura in, like, the side. And then one of Laura's boyfriends kills the ex. And then Massimo shoots his brother. And then Nacho and Massimo, they're in like an intense standoff while Laura's just bleeding out on the ground beneath them. <laughs> they're just like, let's just have eye contact for a minute while our girlfriend bleeds to death. And then Nacho just goes, eh, and he walks off. No line of dialogue to explain his reasoning. He just looks at Laura being like, well, she's dead anyway. And he just walks off. And you know what? I hope she's dead. <laughs> I hope she's dead. And that's how they end it. I feel like we got no lead up to this big showdown and then this big showdown happened and then that's the end of the film. And I know there's going to be a third one because I think there's a third book or it's, there's planned to be a third book. It's probably called, I don't know, Three Days or something ridiculous. And that's it. No resolution. <laughs> no knowledge about what happened in the tunnel. <laughs> We're still leaving the cliffhanger from the first film to be resolved in the third film. Oh, what a hoot. What a hoot. Did you guys watch it? Let me know your thoughts. And if I ever get around to reading This Day, the book, I'm really intrigued to find out what the fuck I just watched because I do not understand it. (laughs) I don't know what happened. Well, I hope you enjoyed this little mini bonus episode. I'll see you in a few days for the start of Maze Runner. Bye. Send your burning thoughts, frustrations, and grievances on this latest chapter of this shitty book to breakingdownpod at gmail.com or on Twitter at podbreakingdown and Instagram at breakingdownbadbooks. You can visit www.breakingdownbadbooks.com for all the listen links, contact information, merch, and more. To support the show on Patreon and gain access to exclusive ad-free bonus episodes, visit patreon.com slash breakingdownbadbooks. Ratings and reviews on your preferred podcast platform are also a fun, free way to support the show. Breaking Down Bad Books is hosted by me, Nathan Brown, who you can follow on Instagram and Twitter at NathanBrown90. Thanks for listening and happy reading. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.